You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Acts chapter 1, we'll be reading verses number 1 through 7 this evening. The Bible begins in verse number 1, And the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, unto the day in which he was taken up. After that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Amen. Pray, Our Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for another Sunday evening where we can come and we can assemble as believers. And Lord, I pray we'd be encouraged. I pray we'd be challenged tonight. I thank you for your people and their faithfulness this morning. Thank you for the great day we've had. I thank you for the uh, one young lady that got saved uh, this morning. I thank you for Miss Meredith taking the Bible and showing her how she could be born again. I thank you for your goodness in our lives. We pray that you would please help us not to miss these truths from your word tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm beginning a, a series tonight, we'll be on Sunday nights, we'll be in the book of Acts throughout this year, and uh, I'm not in a hurry, um, I, I, if we cover uh, a chapter a week, that's great, if we cover a chapter a month, that's okay too, I just, I want us to see what God has, and I hope you'll be patient with me, uh, tonight I've got a lot I want to say as far as introduction, I'll probably skip some of that because I want to get to the message, but the book of Acts is an amazing book. It is truly, as it sounds and as it says, it is the acts or the actions of the apostles. Uh, the book of Acts, it shows us uh, what happened at Pentecost and the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. It shows us the start of the church. Now, hang on just a minute. Jesus started the church. Let's, let's, let's make sure we're clear on that. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But we see in the book of Acts, we see the church is taking off, and the church is going, and the church is growing. And we see in the book of Acts the history of the church. You know what we see in the book of Acts? We see a whole lot of people getting saved. We see people getting baptized. We see people growing in the Lord. We see people uh, with a passion and a desire to get the gospel out and not to just keep it to themselves, but wanting to spread the gospel to the four corners of the globe. That's really what the book of Acts is about in a nutshell. The book of Acts was written by Luke, uh, who also uh, wrote the book, The Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke was a medical doctor. He did travel with the Apostle Paul and was a great blessing to Paul. But he says in these first few verses, he says, I, I've, I've put together a, a treatise uh, where this was a, a composition. 
He said, I've studied it out. I've written it out. I've talked to people. I've made sure I've done my homework. And best of all, Luke had the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give him the words to write so that we could have the book of Acts. We see in these first few verses, we see the commands that Jesus gave to the apostles. It says in verse number two uh, that uh, the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And by the way, the book of Acts is all about Jesus. And that's, that's what every church ought to be about. That's what every ministry ought to be about. It's all about Jesus. But Jesus gave commands to the apostles. And then in verse number um, four, we see... Uh, verse 3, Jesus showed himself alive. He, he appeared to them after the crucifixion. Uh, I love what it says in verse 3. He showed himself alive after his passion. You say, what was his passion? I can't think of a greater passion than for someone to stretch out their arms on an old rugged cross and to suffer and to bleed and to die and to be tortured. Why did he do all that? Because he loved you. Because of his passion that he had for you and for me. But then in verse number four, it says they were assembled together with them. Jesus was assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And what was the promise from the Father that Jesus spoke of? That was the promise that there would be a comforter. There would be the Holy Spirit of God that would come and would indwell them. And Jesus says, you've got to wait for this promise. You've got to wait for the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can't do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And can I say this evening, the same is still true for us. We can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our church, in our homes, in our ministry. We must have that power. I'm going to preach about it, Lord willing, next Sunday night from Acts 1.8. But then we get to verse number 6. And it says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. And here's what they want to know. Lord, give us a date. We want to know, is it now? Is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? Is this the time that you're going to conquer the Romans? Is this the time that you're going to fulfill all the promises uh, that will come true during the millennium? Basically, is this the time? Now, Jesus could have said no and left it at that. But notice his answer in verse 7. And this is what I'd like to preach on for a few moments tonight. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. You know what Jesus said? You don't need to know. Now, that's a problem for most of us because we like to know. We like to find out. We like to ask and ask and ask and push and push and push and pry and pry and pry until we finally figure out what we want to know. And Jesus said to the disciples, it's not for you to know. Jesus didn't say it's none of your business, but I think that's probably in there somewhere. He said, it's not your job 
It's not your responsibility to know when I'm coming back, when I'm going to conquer, when I'm going to rule, when I'm going to reign on this earth. He said it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. Father, I pray you'd speak to us, give me the words to say, and I pray that you'd help me as I preach this message tonight that you have put on my heart. Uh, Lord, I know I need the message, and I pray that it would be a help to each and every person here uh, in this auditorium, for those that are listening on the radio, those watching online, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, and I pray that the words that I speak would be uh, uh, directly uh, led by the Spirit, and I pray that you'd give me power as I preach your word and your truth tonight. Lord, I, I know there are people here tonight, I know people listening uh, are struggling with the times and seasons that you have placed us in. But Lord, I pray tonight we would realize that it's not up to us. We don't have to know. We don't have to figure it all out. All we have to do is trust and obey. I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Our lives operate basically on four different seasons. And I, I'm sure you can say them with me. Our lives operate on four seasons. There's football season and there's basketball season and there's baseball season and then there's hunting season. I mean, those four are pretty, no, no. Our, our seasons are winter, spring, summer, fall. Our lives operate on time, uh, uh, seconds, minutes, uh, hours, uh, days, months, years. And we can, we can figure all that out. We can set the day. We can set the time. But God has a timetable that is different from your timetable. And God has a timetable that's different from my timetable. And by the way, his timetable is correct. His timetable is absolutely right. His way is perfect. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 in creation that God put the sun and the moon and the stars and that was to make the days and the seasons that we live and we operate by. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. I like what 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 says. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, It is uh, uh, of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. He said, you don't need to know about those because he said, Jesus is coming when you least expect him. Jesus is coming as a thief in the night. And so Paul said, you don't need to know all of those things. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, Speaking of the power of God, it says that God has the ability to change the times and the seasons. That doesn't mean he will, but he can. How many of you know that God can do whatever he wants to do? Uh, God can uh, put the, the sun and the moon and the stars, the planets and galaxies into place, and he can keep them there, and he can keep them in orbit, and he can keep them in the right place. God can do whatever he wants to do in your life and in my life. He is God. But we see that there are times and there are seasons of life. I want to give you a couple this evening, and I'm going to give you scripture. I won't have you turn to all of them, but uh, I hope maybe if you want to jot them down, you can go back and look at them. I find in my life, and I believe this would be true probably in your life as well, if you're honest, that we go through seasons, number one, of frustration. Let's be honest. We all have frustrating seasons frustrating seasons I would call these seasons of life the times when you just don't understand when you just can't figure it out 
When you feel like you're beating your head against a wall and it just seems like nothing's working, it just seems like nothing's clicking, it just seems like you can't get the answer. You see, it's frustrating when you're not in control of the times and the seasons. But what does Acts 1-7 say? The times and seasons, those are in the Father's power. Those are up to God. Those are settled and determined by God. They're not determined by us. The Bible says in Joshua 24 that the children of Israel, they dwelt in the wilderness a long season. I'd say they did. Forty years long. And don't you know in that wilderness, that was frustrating. Especially for the people that didn't complain and the people that didn't murmur and the people that did not rebel. All those children that were 20 years and under, they had to wander in that wilderness and it wasn't their fault. Sometimes we go through some wildernesses in life. Sometimes God puts us in those wildernesses and if we're not careful, we will get frustrated and we'll get mad. We'll get bitter. We'll get angry at God. Friend, I want to tell you, it's not for you and me to know the times and the seasons. It's not for you and I to have everything figured out. It is for us to simply trust Him and let Him have control. I see number one in, 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 in life, there are frustrating seasons. But secondly, I see there are fearful seasons. I would say these are different from frustrating seasons because fearful seasons would be actual trials, hardships, uh, valleys, burdens, things that you face that are difficult, and those can be times of great fear. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 16, verse 7, and Psalm 22, verse 2, and the psalmist wrote about the night seasons. Those are dark seasons. Those are difficult times. Those are times when, when, when there's sickness. Those are times where uh, there's trouble. Those are times when it seems like the family's not doing well. Those are times when it seems like the job is not well. Those are times when perhaps your children are having a hard time. Or perhaps you know, your siblings or your parents or grandparents or whoever. But there are night seasons that we go through that are difficult. Job said it like this in verse chapter 30, verse 17. My bones are pierced in me in the night season. 2 Chronicles 15, 3, the Bible says, Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Can I tell you, that's a bad season to go through when you try to go through without God. And it doesn't matter how bad it may be, I want to tell you this, it only gets worse when you walk away from God. It only gets worse when you turn your back on the Word of God. And so when you go through the fearful seasons... Don't run from God. That's the time to run to God. That's the time to stick close to God when you're in the night seasons, the fearful seasons of life. But then I want you to see thirdly. I see there are times of faithful seasons. Turn with me if you would. Hold your place in Acts 1. And would you turn with me to 2 Timothy 4. That's where we were this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we see in uh, verse number 2, that Paul challenges Timothy, and he says, I want you to preach the word, be instant, in season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You know what Paul is telling Timothy? He said, you've got to be faithful. You've got to stick with it. 
You've got to be consistent. You can't quit just because it's, po it's not popular and you can't stay in it just because it is popular. You've got to be faithful. And friend, can I tell you, that's what God has called us to do, to be faithful in season, out of season. To be faithful when the church is full, but to be faithful when the church is empty. You remember those days of COVID? You remember those days out in the parking lot? I was remembering it very well yesterday morning when the rain was coming down and it was 40 degrees. And I told my wife as we were going out visiting, I said, thank God we're not having a drive-in service today. But I remember those days and so do you. That wasn't easy. That wasn't convenient. Trying to turn your radio on or trying to roll your window down. And we thought it was bad in the cold. Then the summer came. And then the heat came. And can I tell you, we're not called to be faithful when it's popular. We're not called to be faithful when everybody else is doing it. We're called to be faithful till Jesus comes again. And there must be faithful seasons. Notice verse number three. Paul told Timothy, he said, for the time will come. You know what he said? The time's coming when it's going to be difficult. The time's coming when they're not going to slap you high five. They're going to slap your face. The time's coming when they're not going to pat you on the back. They're going to stab you in the back. And he said, you're going to have to decide that you're going to be faithful in season and out of season. And I like what Paul said. He said, you can do what you want, but I already made my choice. I've already finished my course. I've already fought my fight. I've already run my race. And Paul said, I determined by the grace of God that I was going to be faithful. And you think Paul had some difficult seasons? Oh, yeah. Uh, when you are stoned with literal boulders and rocks and it's so bad they think you're dead and they leave you there, that's a bad day. That's a bad day when they're trying to kill you. That's a bad day when they lock you up in jail after they got done beating you and then at midnight you're in the prison singing and God sends an earthquake. That's a bad day, but that's a good night. And that's where you stay faithful and that's where I stay faithful no matter what. You say, how do you stay faithful? Stay faithful by realizing that God's the one who takes care of the results. God's the one that keeps the records. God's the one that knows when the harvest is coming. You just be faithful in season, out of season. But I see not only frustrating seasons and fearful seasons, I see thirdly there must be faithful seasons. You say, well, how does that apply to us? I'd say this. Faithful seasons are times when you pray, even when you don't see answers. Faithful seasons are when you witness even when you don't see results. Faithful seasons are times that you serve God even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it seems like it's not going well. Uh, faithful seasons are times of standing for God. Uh, faithful seasons are times of being in church even when your best friend's not in church. Faithful seasons are times when you go to church even when people give you a hard time at work because you're always at church on Sunday. Those are faithful seasons that we're faithful and we relieve the results up to God. I want you to turn with me, please, to, from 2 Timothy. If you go back quickly to Galatians chapter 6. I see not only faithful seasons, but I see there is a risk of fainting seasons. Galatians 6, I love this verse, but I want you to see the last part of the verse. It says in verse number 9 of Galatians 6, let us not be weary... The word weary, literally, uh, it means to be exhausted. It means to be discouraged. It means to become weak. It literally to dissolve is what that word means. 
Let us not be weary in what? Well-doing. That's being faithful. That's doing what's right. That's doing what God has called us to do. Well-doing is what you want to do so you can hear well done when you stand before Christ, okay? But let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, hang on. Here's the danger. Sometimes we're faithful, but then we get tired. Sometimes we're serving God, but we become exhausted. Sometimes we're serving God, and we are worn to a frazzle. Sometimes we're serving God, and it just seems like there's a lot of night seasons, and it seems like there's a lot of frustrations, and it just seems like things don't make sense. Again, I want to say, things don't always make sense to us. We can't always figure things out. You can't always put it down on paper. You say, how in the world am I going to go through a year of, of tithing and giving to God when I'm so far behind and my budget, I've got a whole lot more outgo than I do income. How does that work? Well, I tell you how it works. You obey God and you trust God and you let God bless you for it. I'm not talking about being foolish. I'm not talking about, I'm going to go sell my house and sell my kids and everything. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about obeying God, being faithful to God, uh, even when it doesn't make sense. But here's what happens. Sometimes, while we are serving God, we begin to faint. We get weary in well-doing. Let's be honest, that happens. And we become discouraged. Sometimes we become disillusioned. We've got this picture in our minds that I'm going to serve God for a year or five or 10 or 20 or 30. And at the end of that time, everything in my life is going to be 100% perfect. Well, I don't know where we got that idea. Because the last time I read about Bible characters, heroes of the faith, they served God for a lifetime and sometimes it didn't turn out. Sometimes they served God for a lifetime and they got their head chopped off. Sometimes they served God for a lifetime and they got thrown into a lion's den or thrown into a fiery furnace or, or, or they got persecuted. I'm just telling you, sometimes it doesn't always make sense. And if we're not careful, we will grow weary in well-doing because of discouragement, because of disillusionment. Isaiah 40, you don't have to turn there. But I think you know the verse, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's those two words, weary and faint. In Galatians 6, it warns us about it. In Isaiah 40, it tells us how to combat that. And it says the way that you don't faint, the way that you don't stay weary, is you have to wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means he's the one in control. It's his timetable. I'm willing to wait on him because his timing is always right. My timing's not always right. I'm willing to wait on him because he knows what's best. I'm willing to wait on him because the times and the seasons are not in my power, but they're in his power. There are fainting seasons. But lastly, I'll tell you this, and I'm glad we can end on a very positive note. Because, friend, I want to tell you, 
100% sure as I'm standing here, there are fruitful seasons. There are times of fruitfulness. There are times of blessing. There are times of reward. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow. I'm not saying it's going to be next week or next month or next year. But I'm saying this, God has promised that if we will not be weary in well-doing, God has promised that he will bless us. He has promised that he will take care of us. You see, there are going to be seasons where souls get saved. There will be seasons where prayers are answered. There will be seasons of revival. There will be seasons where families will be brought back together. There will be seasons where where God is going to be at work. And you'll know without a doubt it wasn't you. It was all him. There will be fruitful seasons. I'll give you the references. I'm not even going to read all the verses. But Leviticus 26, it talks about God sending rain in due season. And that rain produces fruit. Deuteronomy 11, there's rain in due season. Deuteronomy 28, there's rain that comes in season and and it blesses the work of the hands of the children of Israel. Psalm 104, 27, these all wait upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Jeremiah 5, 24, the Bible talks about rain that comes at the right season that brings the harvest. And I want you to turn with me, please, to Acts 14. This will be the last passage I'll have you turn to. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 17. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and gladness. You know what God can do in your life? You know what he can do in my life? He can send rain. He can bring forth fruit. He can give you your song back. He can give you your joy back. He can give you your purpose back. He can do something in your life that you could never do. He could do something that I could never do. He could do something like send some rain from heaven to bring you out of a frustrating season and bring you out of a fearful season and bring you through a faithful season and and bring you out of a fainting season and give you a fruitful season. I like the song we sing in our hymn books, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. We need some of those showers. You know why? Because it's the showers of blessing that God uses to bring forth fruit in our lives. So, Pastor, what's the fruit? What's the result? What is the fruitful season that we're looking for, that we're waiting for? We're looking for God to pour out his blessing. We're looking for God to do exactly what he said he would do. And what did God say he would do? He said he'd bless his word, right? So that means I'm just going to keep reading it because God promised there is a blessing when this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate there in day and night that thou mayest bring forth fruit and that uh, there should be uh, success, that thy way should be prosperous. That's a promise. So I'm just going to keep reading this book. There's a promise. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So I'm going to keep praying. There's a promise that is given that if we will be faithful, God will bless us. We talked about this morning. There's a crowd. There's a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of rejoicing. There's a crown of life. There's a crown of glory. There's an incorruptible crown. And God has promised those for those who are faithful. 
That's why when we stand before that judgment seat, we desire to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What's, what's a faithful servant? A faithful servant is one that keeps on plowing through the seasons of life. When there's fear, when there's frustration, when there's times of fainting, you stay faithful. And when we stay faithful, God promises that we will bring forth fruit in our season. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.